Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life, or lack of it, affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melitza Yelenich. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich. Um, before we get started today, I have a few things to just let, get through with you all. So for those of you who are totally new to this show, welcome. Um, this show is really about exploring different things um, with your body, with copulation, with sex, and with all things that can actually like bring us joy in this embodiment. So the pleasure zone really is about um, pleasure. And tonight's topic, Are You Certifiably Sexy?, actually comes to me from a lot of... um, I was actually playing with this for a few weeks, and I didn't have a name for it until last Thursday, I think it was. And the topic itself, um, the content I was aware of, it just didn't have a name. So what had been speaking to me a lot was how I've noticed that... uh, You know, I personally, like, when I'm having, uh, when I'm, like, in a relationship, which I'm in, um, and and I get to have, like, regular sex, I'm a happy, happy girl. And what I have noticed is that um, there is this tendency for people, um, and people who, you know, are very touchy-feely people, like I am one of those touchy-feely people, is that what I've noticed is that when we don't get the touch that we desire, we sometimes get what would be called depressed, right? So um, though we can't clinically diagnose any of this stuff, I don't know about you guys out there, but I know that I have this like phenomenal ability to diagnose myself with pretty much anything because, you know, that's for me part of, you know, how else can I judge me? Right? Like, if I can just give me more labels, I can probably understand me better. And uh, as long as I got the names, I can relate to it. And then I definitely have some kind of scientific backing that not only do I exist, but I am absolutely messed up. <laughs> so, um, though I know now that I'm not as messed up as I thought I was, there is like a, a I know there, there are so many of you still out there who are like, what is wrong with me? Um, and what if there's nothing really wrong with you? So today's topic, you know, for those of you who, whether it is you diagnose yourself, whether you've been diagnosed, and I have a friend who really cracks me up, and she says, you know, you guys think you're crazy, but I'm certified, and she actually is certified crazy because she got to go to a, you know, a psych ward, and they gave her papers to say she's certifiable. So actually that inspired me um i was years ago and i've known this woman for years and i adore her and it's like our ongoing joke that she's actually certifiably crazy she's like you guys just wish you were but i'm certified i'm like that's really cool so you know if you've labeled yourself if other people have labeled you and you know 
there's so much that goes on with these labels that whether you actually read this information, you know, if you like doing research as much as I do when it comes to sex or not, you might find out that, hey, if you're depressed, you're going to find that you have a really low sex drive. And what if that's a load of crap? So what I'd like to talk about with you guys today is how these, what some of these labels are, what some of the scientific findings are. There's quite a few scientific findings. Um, Ironically, there aren't a lot of scientific findings for human studies. There are a lot of scientific studies for rat studies because apparently they can study schizophrenic rats and bipolar rats. I didn't even know that rats could be bipolar. So there you go. And there's like some wild, interesting um, studies out there. Feel free to check it out. I don't even know what I Google searched for that, but some weird stuff came up and I was like, really? Uh, So whether they induce it by removing parts of the brain or or like deactivating a part of the brain that's like the center that creates joy so that these rats are walking around depressed and then they choose not to actually interact with each other or not. I didn't get into the rat studies so much. Uh, I did try and find as many human studies as I possibly could find. Um, and, and I found a lot of varying information as well. So um, I will get into that. So for those of you, again, who don't know me at all, you might not have ever even listen to this show or even figured out, hey, I'm listening to this woman and what is she talking about and what qualifies her here? Um, So one of the things that I did study in university, um, we could call it my major, my minor, my whatever it was, it got me through school and it got me some letters after my name, was studying psychology. So one of the things that I really like found interesting in school was the sort of um the study of history of sex all kinds of stuff around you know sociology and sex and psychology and like anything that had to do with sex was interesting to me because all the other studies were kind of blah um and even then there weren't a lot of studies uh going on about the sex lives of schizophrenics or the sex lives of people with bipolar disorder or people who are manic depressive or people who were labeled in so many other ways there just weren't a lot of studies about that and there really still really in comparison really aren't that many studies um you know, I think there could definitely be some more uh, information out there. And even some of the studies were even saying this information is this is what we know, but we also know there's a lot more um, information required. So feel free to, you know, do your own research if you like to and get more information on this. So um, one of the things along with that studying uh, in university that I did is that I got out of university and I realized that what I really, really actually desired was um, probably to never deal with people because there was something about it that I was like, just it was, this wasn't so fun to me. Um, I liked bodies, but I didn't really like having to talk to people and I didn't really like having to talk to them about their problems because I was that person who would sit on the subway and some total stranger would sit beside me and tell me their life story. And I was like, I've got 20 minutes to get to work, and I just wanted to meditate. 
Um, and then I was making myself like crazy and wrong. I actually went out and learned a whole bunch of different metaphysical techniques to protect myself from the people on the subway so they wouldn't talk to me so I could be like in my own bubble. Um, that didn't work because, you know what, people still wanted to talk to me. So instead of making myself terribly awfully wrong, I eventually started to get that maybe, maybe people would actually like to talk to me. And I started to invite that into my life. So I, uh, through, you know, uh, kind of dealing with my own stuff and realizing, oh, wait a minute, it's not that I don't like people. It's that I'm actually aware of them already. And I'm already aware of what they're going to say half the time. And the other half of the time, not only am I aware of it, I'm also aware of where they're lying to themselves. And that's really what got me was like, frick, it just got me to the bone that people lie to themselves all the time and belittle themselves and, you know, make up stories and lies about themselves all the time. So that's really the essence of why I thought I didn't like people. But at first I just thought I didn't like people, but it really came down to a whole bunch of other stuff. So um, now that I like people and I, you know, am in allowance of them lying to themselves about themselves, it's like, okay, cool. If you want to lie to yourself, you're cool. And it's actually made my life a lot easier. And I now thoroughly enjoy working with people on their bodies with their stuff and facilitating them. So that is my longest ramble about how I came to actually choose what I choose now. And one of my greatest joys is talking right now to people about, you know, having more pleasure in their life. And one of the things that I love, love talking to people about uh, with pleasure is, you know, how do we get pleasure in our bodies? How, you know, whether it's physiologically that touch thing and like how our nervous system works and how all of our everything's interacting, how our hormones are actually creating all these things so that we can interact with other people, giving off these smells like pheromones to actually attract a lover. There are all these physiological components, and I'm also very fascinated by the energetic component. So a lot of what I'll be comparing tonight, and this will be an interesting comparison, will be what I'm aware of energetically with people who have been labeled with things like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and all that stuff, and, you know, what the scientific studies have to say. And then we're kind of just going to play with, you know, what else is possible for everybody, you know, whether you've self-diagnosed or been diagnosed. And, you know, one article put it so poignantly, and there was this, uh, you know, one-liner statement that I really loved. It was like, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then one line says that actually considering the sexual health of a person, especially women with bipolar disorder, may actually be a contribution to affecting and changing the condition. I was like, well, that just makes it really simple. So what I would like to look at is how so much of this is actually being ignored. So say you are labeled something like bipolar. Now you're walking around your whole life, you've, or at some point in your life you've been diagnosed with this. There's um, there's a bi bipolar disorder 1 and bipolar disorder 2. I'm not going to get into like the comparisons, some of them 
have display different things. If you want to study more about bipolar disorder in general, feel free to check it out. There's actually a diagnostic tool used by psychologists and psychiatrists called the DSM. Uh, I think we're at like DSM-4 or 5 or something now. So when I was in school, it was like DSM-4. Uh, I have no idea what number we're at now. So feel free, you know, educate yourself. <laughs> and And then don't take it personally. So I know when I went through, um, you know, learning psych, it was like I swore I had every freaking problem under the sun because I could identify with half the stuff going on. Even doing some of this research, I started looking at it going, hmm, I could qualify for that. Hey, I have friends who could totally qualify for that. And it's really funny because we could totally buy all of these things that qualify us as either you know, depressed, manic, uh, you know, bipolar, schizophrenic. We could buy so many of these qualities um, that they have in these diagnostic tools, and we could say, yeah, I identify with that. That must, you know, that works for me. I'm probably that. Um, you know, chalk up my lack of sex to the fact that I'm probably depressed. Or we can go, what is this? You know, so... Really what I challenge you to do with all of this is question it. Even question the findings that I have because that I've even brought to the table because so much of it is, you know, based on a small study group. And when I say small study group, some of these studies are even like a thousand or two thousand people. That is a small, small percentage of the population on a planet with seven point nine billion people. So the chances of them drawing to these studies, people who have, you know, certain qualities in common are pretty high, right? So if you put out a job interview to say, I'd like to hire somebody specifically to be a fry guy at McDonald's, I'm going to start to bring in all the people who actually like to cook fries at McDonald's. I am not going to bring in a CEO or I'm not going to bring in a marketing genius. I'm going to bring in the guy who's the fry guy. So when we put out these things, and especially with like any of these um, studies, you know, they put out a sort of thing that'll say, "Would you like to be part of this study? Do you have this, this, and this, and this, and do you qualify?" So they've already kind of like created um, a baseline that they're working from that's going to kind of give. Uh, like what they're it's like a way to create like a normal value when they're doing these studies so um you know you're going to have a lot of this information is going to be skewed just so you know and for those of you who you know weren't aware of that surprise a lot of this information is skewed and a lot of statistics are skewed i know that's a total surprise so just so you're aware this information is just being used for uh you know, just to assist us a little bit in getting um, to get past the limitation that's being, you know, imposed by these ideas. So what I would love to love to do, as I've ranted on for the last 15 minutes, and I feel like I'm like running a marathon. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about this stuff. I'm like, <gasps> like a puppy almost. Um, I'm really excited to, to get uh, into some of the juicy bits of the information that I found and kind of do a comparison with you. Also, for any of you listening, and if you'd like to call in, I'd love to speak with you. 
If you are not interested in calling in, that's cool too. If you'd like to join me in the chat room, if you have questions, just come on to a to zen.fm. Join us in the chat room. Add some of your spark, beauty, and love to this conversation. I'd love to have you join us. And also, um, you know, during the break, if you know you're not having fun listening to break, feel free to check out my website at www. m i l i c a j e l e n i c. dot com. That's melitzajelenik.com. So check out my website during the show, after the show, whenever you like. Um, you can kind of check me out, see what I'm up to, see what I do, and see what I offer. Um, so right now. Um, I would really love for you guys to enjoy our next break that's coming up in just a few minutes and uh, just a few seconds, I should say. And when we come back from break, we will talk more about all these wonderful studies I've found. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with Body Whisper Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that, when run, assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and, as a result, cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness. A dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is the Pleasure Zone with Body Whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255 Talk or Canada 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melissa at melissayelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Millie Sialanich, and tonight we are talking: Are you certifiably sexy? <clears throat> Got a little thing in my throat right now. Um, so, before we kind of get back into the topic, I'm going to tell you guys about some of the research that I found. Um, before I get into it, I remember that I'd like to tell you guys about a few things. So, one of the things is. 
um, that in May, and so May of 2016, um, from May 6th to May 8th, I will be co-hosting a three-day body class um, for a woman named Juna Guter. So my friend Christine McIver and I will be hosting her in Toronto, which is a fabulous three days of receiving and gifting energy um, processes on your body. And it's just a really great way to to start to invite your body to have and receive all the energies that are possible on this planet to create the change that you know is both possible in your body and, you know, your body having joy and kind of resonating at that, you know, joy kind of place can actually create so much change for not only you but everybody around you. So, you know, what you know when your body is like super happy and you walk into a room, how many other people just like light up, get turned on and are so happy to be around you? And if you'd like to step more into being that in the world for you and for everyone else, I totally invite you and welcome you to come come play with us in Toronto. We would love to have you guys come play with us. And, you know, we're getting a beautiful venue and, you know, lots of people to play with, great place to stay, and me and Christine are going to be there. We rock. We're going to have fun. We're going to invite you guys out to play. So please come out and hang out with us. We would love that. If you'd like more information, please go to the accessconsciousness.com website and look up Juna, that's J-U-N-A Guter, G-U-E-T-T-E-R, and you can find her in um, in some, you can find her name there under facilitators. Awesome. So um, that's one thing. And the other thing is there is an amazing class that uh, happens once a year with Gary Douglas and Dane here, um, Gary Douglas mainly, and it's called The Foundation. Uh, and The Foundation class is a class that's uh, taught by many other people, like facilitators, certified facilitators for Access Consciousness. However, once a year, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, is facilitating um, this class himself. And he's going to be in Vancouver, but I'm going to be at home having a little party of my own. And you guys are welcome to join me if you want to hang out in the countryside. And if you prefer city life and want to hang out in the city, you can hang out with my friend Christine McIver in Toronto. There's lots of these pods going on around the world. But how fun is Ontario, people? Come play with us. We would love to have you. So we've got stuff going on in April. We've got stuff going on in May. We've got stuff going on all the time. So please, please join us. We would love to see you and have you there. So one of the um, great things uh, that I have found through Access Consciousness is far more more joy and ease with my body. And, and an ease in even talking to you guys. So five years ago, before Access Consciousness, you better believe I would not be having these conversations with you guys. I was having anxiety attacks about talking to people, never mind hundreds and thousands of you. I I had no idea that I would even be willing to do this. And so these tools have not only invited me to step into being more of me, um, to having more ease with like the things that I actually enjoyed, but I was not, you know, feeling confident enough, not thinking I knew enough, all that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff is going out the window. So I'm 
you know, these tools are amazing for that. And they've also changed a lot for me in my sex life. So that is the other thing that, you know, I love sharing with people is what some of these tools have actually created for me and for friends of mine in this, in this, uh, you know, with all of this stuff that we're choosing. So um, with um, one of the things, you know, that I had before us that I was kind of labeling myself with, and I could pretty much go through a list and go, yeah, I definitely have anxiety disorder um, because I was feeling like when I would go public with anything, speaking in public, being around people, doing the work I was getting paid to do, everything was to the point where I was, like, not functional. Um, So this stuff around so-called psychological disorders really hits home for me. And I know that when I was in these sort of anxiety states, I was not feeling my sexy self, I'll tell you that much. And one of the things I do know is that when I am being me, I am being my sexy self. And that doesn't mean that I'm like walking around um, trying to hump everything, although it probably at times might seem that like I'm doing that. <laughs> so... Um, but it's more like like anything that I'm near is a joy. Everything that comes near me has a sort of joy. Um, and our bodies are happy. They're turned on. And it doesn't mean that they have to be copulating. It just means they're excited and turned on. So I am like super, super interested to know if any of you out there, and again, if you are shy to call in, that's okay. But if you want to write in chat room, please feel free to do so. But if any of you have ever noticed a time in your life where you might have felt like you had something like depression or, you know, you might have even went, holy cow, am I schizophrenic or what is this? So I do have family members who, I have a family member that's bipolar. I have a family member that's schizophrenic. I've worked with several schizophrenics um, and some people with bipolar and I've worked with a lot of people who are Uh, I think they call it a unilateral. Anyway, whatever it is, it's like either they're depressed or they're manic. But as if if being manic is, you know, so mania is when you're happy. And there's actually um, a diagnosis for people who are hypomanic. Like, it's just not okay to be happy all the time. There's something wrong with you. And we have a diagnosis for that. So thank God we do, right? Because how else could we explain why we might actually be happy all the time? So there, there is a lot more to it. You know, that's me really simplifying it. The One of the things about um, mania or hypomania, I should call it, is more hypomania, um, is that people have an inflated self-esteem. Because, you know, if you're feeling shitty about yourself, you're normal. But if you have an inflated self-esteem or you actually acknowledge that you have capacities, so the funny part is, is, Every single one of my friends who are conscious could fall under this category. Every single one of us have and acknowledge where we are actually creating reality and where we are actually involved in creating our own realities. And according to the diagnosis, that would make us having um, like illusions of grandeur or grandiosity inflated self-esteem so all of us are freaking nuts because we're actually aware doesn't that make you laugh so there's another one that can chalk it up to all of my conscious friends 
Hello, my conscious friends out there. So for those of us who also have a decreased need for sleep, because sometimes we're working 25 hours a day because we invented more time, that we can feel rested after only three hours of sleep. Now, there's a problem. That's not okay. However, according to other studies um, that were actually done, I believe, by Einstein or one of his contemporaries, they spoke about how in realistically, um, like natural human beings, when they were walking around as Neanderthals or whatever through the evolution of us, we were walking around, we would rest a bit, walk a bit, rest a bit, walk a bit. We were not sleeping eight hours a day. That was not wise. That is when you would have predators attack you, and you would have to sleep in you know, bits of time in order to survive, in order for your group herd to survive. So you know, these three hours on, three hours off, three hours on might actually be a more natural way to sleep, and what else is possible? So here's another one, and for all of my friends who have radio shows, this is us, guys. More talkative than usual or pressure to keep talking. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, me and my friends who, the pressure to keep talking for an hour when you have a radio show or if you're doing, like, live anything where it is your job (laughs) to be talking for an hour, well, chalk it up. We're hypomanic. So the next one is a flight of ideas or subjective experience that thoughts are racing. Again, don't know about you, but I have about five godzillion ideas a day. Distractibility is the other one. And I am the queen of being distracted. A fly could fly by. I'll still have my idea going on on the left side, and a fly comes by on the right side, and I'm like in all directions. And I know you guys have listened to my show. Uh, Those of you who have know how distracted I get. And I've even had people tell me that being on my show is like, riding a wild stallion because, man, I can get distracted, and I know it. Here's the other one. Increase in goal-directed activity, either socially at work or or sexually. So if your goal or your target is, got to get that guy in bed with me, or I got to get this project done, apparently, apparently that's an issue. Can you imagine, like, okay, so far I'm hypomanic. Who knew? Excessive involvement in pleasurable activities that have a high potential for painful consequences. So buying sprees, sexual indiscretions, or foolish business investments. I know I've done all of those. Guys, let's, you know, let's just, like, give me a diagnosis right now, okay? So what the funny thing is is that, um, so the... The thing about hypomanic episodes is that that they're not so bad because they don't actually cause serious impairment to social or occupational functioning. So you don't have to be hospitalized for this. You can just walk around being a little bit crazy. So usually to um, hypomanic um do not like and and so they may use a little alcohol or drugs, but not usually in excess, so we're good, um which is again that's me, so there you go, okay, so wow, that was a lot of crazy talk, right, and the fun thing is is they're saying that women particularly, so a hypomania is one of these things that they say is uh like part of the diagnosis for bipolar disorder and 
um, I think you guys were on here before when I was saying that one of the studies was saying that in order for women to actually um, feel more at ease, it's probably that women with bipolar to include more um, sexual activity in their life. So consider their sexual health, which is something that isn't being considered. So it's it's funny. Like, I don't know about you guys, but there is there's so much stuff out there that could make you think you're crazy. So my question to you is, who's the crazy ones? And number two, and is it even such a thing? And who does half of that stuff belong to? So when we look at the sex drive part of it, um, we've got, you know, there's there's so many people. So one thing I would like, um, just some things to consider before we go to break, is one thing is to ask, um, say if you are feeling crazy, wickedly, out of control, horny, like, oh my God, if I don't get some, I think I'm going to die. Um, that kind of like, oh my God, my body's going to explode. Please, please, please ask this question. I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Please ask, wow, who does that energy belong to? Is that mine? Is that someone else's? Is that something else's? That's number one. Ask who does it belong to because it might not be yours. And number two, if it truly is yours, ask your body, body, do you require to copulate or something else? Because sometimes your body will be so horny you think you need to copulate. But what your body might actually like to do is go for a jog, cook a meal, clean the house, and it might feel way, way happier. So please ask because there's so many times where we think we're horny, but we have so much energy, we can't we don't actually know what to do with it. So you know, we're going to try and push it down, okay, because we're that cool, right? Got tons of ideas. We're going to push that energy down. Half the time, we're not even aware we're doing it, and that energy's moving down. Where does it move down to? It moves into our crotch because we're that cool because we're pushing it down. Now, if we kept on moving it and actually contribute that energy to the earth, the earth would be pretty freaking happy with us. So, you know, you can copulate if that's what your body's asking for, and sometimes you might think you're horny, but you're actually not. I know that's weird. Like, how can you think you're horny, but you're not? But it's possible. So always ask. Please do not conclude, oh, my God, I need sex. Please ask. Like, body, do you actually require sex or something else? Because for anybody who's even 1% remotely like me, who thinks they're horny all the time, you might find that you're actually not. You're just super highly creative, and you got a lot of energy and places that you like to put it, but you're being distracted by, oh my God, I got to get my genitals rubbed or something, right? So, yeah, so wow, so there we go. So we talked a little bit about bipolar in this little chunk, and I would love to talk to you guys more about some other stuff. Um, the energy tonight's really wickedly interesting to me. I feel high as a kite, which is really different. I'm like, wah, it's wild. So... <laughs> Um, like zippy, skippy all over the place, tapping into all this energy that, you know, all these judgments that come at people who have schizophrenia, bipolar, like tapping into this energy is pretty interesting to me and I feel pretty fun right now. So um, 
I'm probably going to kind of get myself more present when we go to break. And so when we do go, which we're going to go in about uh, 15 seconds to break, while we go to break, please start asking you and your body some of those questions like, who does that belong to? Is mine somebody else's or something else's body? Are you actually horny or something else? And um, when we come back, we're actually going to talk more about things like the schizophrenic uh, side of things and some studies that I found and some information I found. And again, if you're interested, please feel free to call in, write in, whatever you like to do. I enjoy interacting with you guys, uh, whether it's energetically or you know verbally. All of it's great, so thank you so much. So um, this is The Pleasure Zone, and we are going to head to break now. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at A2Zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich, and tonight our discussion is about are you certifiably sexy? When it comes down to it, you know, whether you've been certified as bipolar, schizophrenic, depressed, manic, all of those hypomanic, all of these things that, you know, there are so many other labels, like a godzillion of them, if you ever really want to look it up. There's a diagnostic manual for psycho- for psychologists and for psychiatrists called the DSM. Uh, can't remember what number we're on right now with that. I know when I went to school, it was the DSM-4. 
um, which was 20 years ago, so it's probably at like five or something now or six. So for those of you who are interested in every psychological thing going on in the world, that's one way you can find out how they actually diagnose stuff. So one of the things um, that I was curious about and how this topic came up was I was actually like, there's a few things that brought it up, and one of them was like my own um, anxiety that I was having pre-having the tools of access consciousness and how I was feeling like I really had no drive whatsoever. The other part was right after I had my daughter, um, I refused to take any medication for depression, even though for about two years I was I was definitely um, definitely depressed and more than likely could have been clinically diagnosed. Um, I know that that um, my midwives for the first few months were concerned about my mental health. Um, so, you know, I, I know that there was, um, there was stuff going on. And I also knew my body was, there was a lot going on. I was nursing. I nursed until my daughter was four. And part of um, that was she said she was such a gift to me and that she allowed me to do that and that um, I was willing to do that um, because a lot of the the stuff that gets released when you're breastfeeding actually creates a sense of euphoria. So I have to say in a lot of ways, you know, she was such a gift to me to, like, A, not be suicidal. I was semi-suicidal, and I also knew that I had to keep feeding this baby and looking after her, so I chose not to be suicidal. And part of that was um, mostly because I knew that there was something that even for those 10 or 15 minutes of nursing was that I could act, that something would change for me. And so I knew that I knew that there was something going on and that it could change. Um, I wasn't stuck in the feeling that it was inevitable and that I was going to fall down some pit. I, I knew something could change. So um, it was a lot of it was my own stuff, and I, a lot of it too. I like have been observing uh, friends and other people, and when they get into like a sad kind of part of their life, and we won't say it's depression because there are a lot of things that will that actually. Are involved in diagnosing somebody with depression because you know you really got to be studied in order to get one of those labels. So forget about getting studied, forget about the label, but say you're feeling down or whatever and you're not really feeling yourself. If you are getting that depressed feeling going on or thinking you're depressed, please ask. And yet, there's that question again please ask, who does that belong to? Is that mine, someone else's, or something else's? A lot of times you're just so freaking aware of everything on the planet that you're picking up on all of uh, other people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions, some of the stuff going on in the planet, with the planet. You know, what if it's not even from this planet? How freaking aware are you? Maybe you're aware of other stuff from other planets. Let's, that's a topic for another day, but just know that it might not be yours. So. Uh, and if it isn't, there are tools you can use, like you can ask to return that energy to sender with consciousness attached. And there's a bunch of other tools, too. And feel free to look up Dane here on YouTube. He's got an amazing amount of um, tools and videos on there that can assist you. Um, there's an amazing book called Pragmatic Psychology um, by Susanna Mittemeyer that you can find in the Access Consciousness website as well. Um, you can, you know, call me for a session if you like. You can find me on my website, www.milica, 
J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. You can contact me. You can find me on Facebook and contact me. Heck, you can call into the show and contact me. So lots of things you can do if you'd like a little different point of view and to kind of get over some stuff that you feel like you might be stuck in. So what I noticed with so-called depression is that there is, you know, oftentimes a very low sex drive. So one of the things I wondered was, one of the things I truly wondered, um, and one of my friends is a super gift for this uh, too, is that I noticed that when she's having sex, she's really freaking happy, and when she's not having sex, she's really not. And so one of the things I was kind of like I'm noticing is that, um, you know, we actually have the capacity to receive um, sexual energy all the time, whether we're having, you know, copulating or not. And sometimes all we got to do is tap into the energy of some some great, great sex, either that we just had, that we had in the past, um, that we're aware we're going to have in the future. Uh, there is this uh, practice, I think it's Buddhist, I don't really know because I learned it in martial arts. It's called the secret smile. And in the secret smile, you tap into all of these things. Like you tap into the most delicious food you ever ate. You tap into the greatest orgasm you ever had. And you actually run. There's a way that you do this. Um, There's a method. And you run these energies through your whole body so that you can really tap into that. One element that I noticed is kind of missing in that is that you're you're actually recreating the past. However, what you can do is tap into the energy of what that was, bring it to you now, expand it into your future. That's what I would kind of change about that um, exercise, that inner smile exercise, is that I would not just try and recreate the past or get stuck in that by reinventing it over and over again, but tap into that energy, pull it to you now, pull it through you to your future and all your future creations, and just allow it to expand. So how much more fun can you have with that? So I'm, yeah, so please, like, look at where, you know, if you're feeling like, oh, my God, I'm so, like, depressed, or I just need to get it on. Okay, maybe. What else is possible? And um, and and also to not have to, like, rely on certain things to be the source of your joy. So if, um, you know, the other part of the study was that the people who ha- who are so-called manic or hypomanic, they tend to be, you know, more sexually active and happier and blah, 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 blah. Uh, that was another study that I read. And so what I'm like, well, I'm like kind of going, yeah, because their bodies are happy because they're choosing partners that work for them. Um, you know, and the study was a bit mixed because for some people it was true and for some people it wasn't true. But I also wondered in that study how many of the people who were not um, maintaining that so-called manic or joy level state, how many of them um, were actually choosing partners that were contributing to their body. You know, maybe they didn't have tools. Maybe they weren't picking people who were fun for them. So if we are, if we're actually picking people who are fun for us, how much more fun can we have? How much more joy can our bodies have? What if we don't actually require, um, you know, that as a medicine to get us out of depression? What if we don't require sex for that, but we can actually tap into the energy of, you know, like I was saying, an orgasm that you had in the past, orgasm you know you're going to have in the future. Just tap into it. Bring that energy to you now. Don't go to, don't go to it. Just tap into it, 
if you don't understand the difference, contact me. We'll talk. Um, and then you can also just start to ask your body, what does it truly desire and require? Again, you might be assuming, oh, I think I need to get some sex. I'm depressed. And, you know, that hormone that gets released during orgasm will give you that sense of euphoria, again, kind of like nursing. And it's kind of like a drug, so it's temporary. It's not actually the solution, right? So truly, when you're depressed, start to ask, who am I even being? What if you're not actually even being you? If you were truly being you, you, the infinite being you truly be, would you be walking around embodied joy or would you be walking around going, I think I'd rather die? So just check because, you know, neither is true or right. But, you know, for me, I know that for me, when I'm truly being me, I am, I you know, I can be like mid-grade happy to pretty freaking happy. And, and when I'm not being me, I'm bummed, my body hurts, I don't feel well, I feel miserable, and I want to hurt people, and I want to hurt myself. I just, I'm not happy. And so, you know, please ask, if you are in these kind of emotional states, ask what that, whose is that, who does that belong to? Things like schizophrenia, um, when I looked into the some of the stuff on that, it was actually talking about how a lot of women who are schizophrenic have very low sex drive. They're not really interested. Um, there was another study I read that said that um, that with with schizophrenia that there's this like flip of personalities where the women take on the male role of being like the pursuers, and the men take on the female roles of being pursued. Um, according to one study I read, and I thought, well, that's interesting. I could be schizophrenic then because I've been a pursuer most of my life. And I've also heard Gary Douglas talk about the two different kinds of people that live on the planet, and one of them would, you know, fall more into the category of pursuing it. The women are pursuers. And the other category, the women are not pursuers. So, again, it's not labeling them. It's just like two kind of like they're two species um, in a way. It's like we've got a cow and we've got a horse and, and the horse pursues and the cow doesn't pursue. That's pretty much all we're talking about. We all live on the same field and we eat the same grass. We just are different animals. So um, the thing with schizophrenia, so that was one finding I found with schizophrenia is that you know women tend to have low sex drives. Apparently, too, schizophrenic women tend to masturbate less. Now, I wonder if it's that they masturbate less. Now, this was a funny thought I had. I was like, or is the personality that the um, psychologist or psychiatrist talking to in that moment more of, of the prudish personality who's not really willing to reveal their sex life? Like, who are they speaking with at the time? So, again, I don't know how the findings with schizophrenia can really be um, that clear because those people have an amazing capacity to bring in different things. And just my point of view and just my, um, you know, from an energetic standpoint, what I'm aware of and the people that I've worked with who have schizophrenia is that I'm aware that they also have an amazing capacity with entities. So, um, 
you know, whether they're being Jane or Mark or Fred or they are, you know, Jane who loves sex and then Mark who is a priest and and is not interested in it or, you know, they might have all of these different energies going on in them all at the same time, yet they've created separation within themselves. So actually all of us have those energies all the time. It's that for those of us who haven't created separation between those personalities, we don't have these um, separate kind of identities coming out. Uh, we, we just kind of acknowledge that we have all these energies and they're all part of one instead of having these different um, separate entities that show up individually. However, you know, schizophrenia to me is so fascinating because what if you do, like there are people who have been reported that, you know, they do have a personality that's really highly sexually aggressive or interested or active and the other ones are not and they actually are not even aware half the time, some of the time that, you know, that, hey, they just had sex with so-and-so because that personality wasn't present uh, during that or whatever. So, and they have, you know, it must be fascinating. Um, so, you know, people get medicated for these things, even though what if it's something completely different? And, you know, whether we are certifiable or whether we've been certified or whatever, what if we are all certifiably sexy, no matter what anybody says about us or labels us as or that we label ourselves as? What if every single one of us, whether somebody has said that you are schizophrenic or depressed or whatever, what if every single one of you, when you are truly being you and you're not buying any limitation about you, you are walking talking, freaking awesome, sexy beings, and every single one of us can turn on ourselves and the planet, and every single one of us can actually create dynamic change, break our freaking limitations, and start to actually receive way more from each other, the planet, and and the less we label each other, and even labeling each other things like male and female, like even as we just start to acknowledge the infinite being we truly be, how much more joy can we have and how much more can we step into the pleasure zone that's available that we didn't even know? So I got 15 seconds to tell you guys how much I love you and appreciate you and thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you that are have been in the chat room tonight chatting me up who have been listening live, who are listening in the future. future. Um, thank you so much. Please check out my website, www.milicajelenic.com. Check me out on Facebook. Friend me. Check out all my upcoming events. I love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melitza Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.